Welcome to episode 46 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, so welcome along to episode 46 of Iron Man Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How are you going, John? I'm good. We're getting towards the half century. Uh, it's pretty exciting times. It's almost the year. I know. Uh, it's pretty exciting. Coffees, I mean, oh, I always do that. Iron Man Talk is brought to you by... Coffees of Hawaii. Go to... Coffeesofhawaii.com <laughs> <laughs> Thank Talk you very more much. about them later on, but fantastic sponsor, so support so, uh, those guys. It's, it's a pretty exciting show this week. We've got a few things happening. We've got the news for the week. We've got website of the week. Uh, high five, and what's the high five? How to some tips on riding into a headwind. I've got an idea for another high five too. How to roll in the water. Oh, very good. Quick okay. off the wall. Yeah, I was cool. thinking that when I was swimming today. Um, oh, really exciting. We've got Brian Rhodes. So for those of you who don't know, do you want to give a bit of feedback on Brian? Yeah, we'll give him a little intro later on, but he's a three-time Ironman winner. He's won Ironman Malaysia twice, Ironman UK. Yep. Um, been around the sport for a long, long time, probably getting close to 20 years, uh, still a full-time pro athlete. And does really well, so it's, uh, he's got some interesting views. Yeah, definitely. And we've got questions and answers at the end if we can fit them in, but we may not. We will. But <laughs> oh, we're going to get them in. So anyway, first of all, results. So we mentioned last week the Gore Half Ironman. It's a very prestigious race in New Zealand, in the South Island. And uh, keep talking because I <laughs> the, the winner was. I think I printed, I gave the wrong winner last week. It was actually uh, Bobby Douglas. Oh, Bobby Douglas! And he did a he did a roadsy. He led from the start. He swam twenty three minutes. He rode two hours thirty two, and he ran one thirty two, finishing thirteen minutes in front. Nice um, in front of Andrew Abercan, and then uh, Robin Janitor was in third. So nice. uh, well done to those guys. And then on the uh, the girls side of things, Kerry Nylon. Nice. Um, did she lead from start to finish? Yes, she did. In the girls, she led from start. To f- no, she didn't. Sorry. She's got seventh uh, overall too. Seventh overall, pretty effort, impressive. Yep. So she was first, and then uh, Andrew, who got second in the males, his partner Lydia, who's Spanish, got second, well, and, that's, that's uh, and Jenny heavy, Motley was third. Beautiful. So well done to you guys. So we did our work on that one, and then also we had another race. We had the Poussin Half Ironman. Poussin. I did try to go and look on here for results, um, but it was started going into Spanish, so I couldn't actually find out the, the, anything deeper than third. But if we uh, Click on. Um, oh, here we go. Oscar Galindez. Oh, yeah, Oscar Galindez uh, took the men's out, so he's uh, a well-performed Ironman over the years. Uh, won Ironman Brazil last year, I think. It's uh, Bevan's pointing, t- telling me to do the second one. <laughs> Santiago Ascendo from Brazil was. And Cameron Woodoff. Cameron Woodoff said he got that one. Oh, yeah, I got that one. I was practicing it for. Um, from America, he's pretty much the top dude, isn't he? He is, but he. he uh, I think he blew out this year in Hawaii, didn't he? he was, yeah. He was talking yeah. it up and. Uh, and then blew it out. But yeah, Actually, my- did you read? Did you read the piece in Cameron Brown's article? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cameron Brown had an article in one of the tri- endurance and, and he's basically saying, you know, everyone was kind of playing it down, and Cameron was going crazy. You know? yeah. yeah. He was talking it up and uh, making a bit of a dork out of himself. Yeah. But he got third anyway. <laughs> if he won, it would have been okay. But no. yeah. And then on the girls' side, oh, we had Lisa Bentley coming in at first, the legend that she is. And Heather Golnick was second. And here's the last one, Kim, Kim Lofer. Lofer. Yeah. All American. Oh, no, no, Canadian, American, American. So uh, Poussin's a really nice race. I've never actually done it but it's uh, down in South America so uh, in Chile so Chile. it obviously wasn't too chilly because they were racing in Chile <laughs> mate you should be a comedian mate, I should be <laughs> okay so um, news for the week that's pretty much the results upcoming races did you have a look 
I couldn't see much. There might be, <laughs> might be a couple of things going on in Australia. But, I'm kind uh, of thinking you didn't look. Yeah, I didn't look. I've been away. I got back about he did. two He's hours been a ago. Who got married? Uh, actually, a friend that I used to race with in France, so we had a bit of a triathlon reunion. Oh, it was nice. fantastic. So we've got the news for the week, and we've got... Now, let me pull this up. We've got Australian are changing the entry Yeah, rules. this is quite interesting, because... Um, Where am I going? Uh, that one there. Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, with Ironman Australia, previously you had to qualify through doing a, a number of the half Ironman races, uh, and this year they've actually changed that. So basically you enter... The race it opens uh, on July the first, two thousand and seven. So that's you know coming up to July, and then you have to basically validate your entry. So you have to go and do one of their half Ironman. So you don't actually qualify. Whereas so know, so by half, validating you just have to do the race. You have to do a half Ironman and not race. within a certain time. I don't believe They're not very clear so. on it, are they? No, no. But the other thing that's interesting they've got in there is if you're a multi finisher and you've done five five thing. to nine times, yeah, you can yeah you you get sort of a Further up the ladder, you got a better chance of getting in there, I, th- yeah. I believe. Um, and legends of people who have done it more than ten times, they basically don't have to validate; they can just turn up. Yeah, so I, that's I, great. I love the way they do that. That's what, that's what we've talked about for why. You know, instead of having the lottery slots, maybe if you've done ten Ironman around the world, you become a legend and you get your one. Or, you know, you get to do Hawaii at least maybe once. Yeah, and that's what you know. I just think it's a really cool system. I think I think it's good, but then I guess you can look at it the other time. And if you're a first-time Ironman, you want to go do an Ironman, you kind of. Got to wait ten years now. Well, yeah, but how many guys have done ten? Yeah, exactly. You know, like there's probably a handful of guys. Ten times Australia, yeah, not just ten Ironmans. Yeah, but even ten, you know, like if you only give them one Hawaii slot, they're not all going to turn up on the same year, are they? You know, I just think that they should reward the people who've done a lot of the races. So it'll be interesting to see how they profit from them. Yeah, yeah. Interesting to see what the Aussies think of that. Um, uh, Yeah, look, it looks good, and you know, they're just trying to come up, I guess, with the fairest system they can. Because at the end of the day, they've got too many people that want to do the race and you've got to come up with some sort of system. Do you um, think that the race will be as slow and narrow as an overall? Because obviously trying to qualify for uh, Australia would have made it quite a competitive race. Yeah, well, we could uh, look at that. There was that website of the week we had a long time ago that did all the, does all the statistical analysis, yeah, so, yeah. so that would be interesting. But uh, I guess for the Aussies, if they don't want to do... Um, where, where do they have this race? Um, it used to be... Port um, Douglas. Port Douglas. But if they don't want to do that, Foster, you, you've, you've always got the opportunity of going to Western Australia. Um, so there are, you do sort of have two cracks at it. Or you can come over to New Zealand where the race is never full and it's probably the same airfare for a lot of you guys. And okay, so we had uh, you, the other piece of news we had is ITU letter to WADA on drug testing. Now, I didn't actually get a chance to check this out, but you're the man. I, it's just an interesting letter because we talked about this a while ago about there's always a struggle between the ITU and uh, the WTC. Yep. And so ITU have now made their position pretty clear that the testing that they're going to do is just strictly for the ITU athletes, their pool of athletes, which is more or less just your short course athletes. So yep. they've written to WADA saying, these are the athletes we're testing. Any sort of private race anywhere else that does triathlons, e.g. Xterra, Powerman, Ironman, their testing is all Challenge. completely different to us and we don't want to be put in the same sort of basket as them. So it's actually got quite a long comment on there. I'm not sure quite who wrote it from Slow Twitch, you know, bringing up a number of the points um, and sort of taking Les McDonald to task. So what were their key points? I need to skim read it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just bringing up a point of conversation. People go on to Slow Twitch and have a good read through it. We've got a few um, topics today on Okay, so, Okay, so in this case, is this good for the sport? 
Well, it's not. I just wish that everybody would get along and we'd all be one happy family. You know, and cuddle and kiss our partner's running down the finishing chute, you know? Yeah, well, <laughs> she, Belinda was listening to that the other day. She found it quite amusing. <laughs> um, but I just, yeah, I just wish that there could be some open dialogue between ITU and, and WADA. And it's a bit like, you know, the government and you've got your National Party and yeah, Labour Party in yeah. Zealand. They're just always bickering. And, and things like this, it's for the good of the sport. Common good know. for everyone, yeah. Um, we, everybody wants it to be uh, drug-free. And, and the thing is, okay, so ITU, they get tarnished if someone who's doing an Ironman becomes a drug cheat. Exactly. Because it's the sport that gets tarnished, not just the person, you know, the organisation. Like if, let's say, Stadler gets done for doing drugs, the general population doesn't know that he's ITU or Ironman. They just exactly. think he's a triathlete. And so it's for everyone's common good to actually get on top of this. And so I think, you know, and again, you've got the national bodies that are doing the testing. And I wish WADA would just come along and just say, this is it for all triathletes. And it's always tricky, though, because then who pays for it and yeah. so on. But it's... Uh, well, yeah. yeah. To I'm sure we can figure it out. I'm good, sure there's answers. There's some good comment on there. So uh, go, go have a look at Slow Twitch. So, oh, one more piece of news. Uh, Ironman New Zealand. Yeah, there was a rumour going around on... Uh, which one's it? New Zealand? Twitch. No, no, it was uh, the New Zealand or, one. Or... Um, Sports Hub. Yeah. On Sports Hub, which is kind of like New Zealand's multi-sport, endurance sports kind of big forum. And there was a rumour going around that Ironman New Zealand only had 450 entrants about six weeks ago. Mm. And uh, we can confirm that they have a lot more than that. There's 1,100 entrants. Yeah. Uh, there is a drop-off in the overseas entries. They've got uh, a record number of New Zealand entries, which is fantastic. Uh, there has been a drop off in overseas, and I guess that's mainly because that's of the, the and the weather from last year. A lot yep. of people got put off by that, but it's a fantastic race. So if you do want to come down and you know you can get in, you know you don't have to sit there on the internet every year, um, every second and just go click yep. buy get in. Yep. You know you can get in and you can have a really and good it is a great race. Group. It really yeah. is. Yeah, I love Topo. Okay, so anyway, we had our discussion of the week last week, and we got you guys to put your goals up on, and I'm I'm really proud of the people who did. Good, you I, have to I give feel like a, I'm proud. You know, I feel like you're the dad, kind of want to give them a pat on the shoulder, and yeah. So we're going to read them out because they're champions. So you go first. I haven't read any of them yet because I was oh. uh, I was away. It's a commitment. Vegans off to Ironman Lanzarote, tough course. So I hope you enjoy that, and uh, yeah, we look forward to hearing how you get on. We've got Ollie, and he's going to do the ITU World Champs, and then he's going to do the ETU European World Champs or European long course champs. And uh, disappointed that they haven't shortened oh, they've shortened it this way yet. A lot of people are shortened it and disappointed that uh, the, the WT ITU have shortened their long course race, so we'll see what happens yep, there. Nice. Cat is doing Ironman New Zealand and so is Hayden. Uh, well they're both cranking up to do Ironman New Zealand. So and Hayden's even put his time and he's gonna sub nine eleven. Oh. <sighs> we've got Gumps and he's gonna try to do sub nine eleven in Australia Austria. Yeah. Which is nice. Uh, Scott Holmes is off to the world long course duathlon champs. So mate, we've, we're spreading far and wide. We get the duathletes, yeah, we, we get the just talk after all. We get everything. He's also doing uh, New York Marathon and uh, US short course nationals. So great stuff. Okay, so we've got Alex Jones and he's going to try to do a sub 10 in, is that Arizona? Must be. Yeah. Sub 10 in Arizona and try to win his age group for 18 to 24. Mm. Wow, good work, Alex. Yeah. And then he's going to try to get a Hawaii slot and uh, do his first Hawaii finish, which is a wicked goal in there. Mm. Bears from. Ben from Australia. 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 <laughs> uh, he's doing his first Ironman in Australia on April 1st. Oh, well done. You must have got your entry time in. Uh, it's been his dream for a long time. So good luck to you. He's got a baby girl due in late May. Great. Yep. Bevan can give you tips there. I've got a baby girl. Well, she's nine. It's a bit different. Um, Brian's going to be doing Ironman Arizona. It's his first Ironman in Arizona. Uh, he's told me to do just under 10 hours and earn a slot for Kona. Ooh, it's pretty good if you're in your first Ironman. <laughs> uh, i got a Kona in October, the same race my mother used to do. Oh, his mother did it. 
and used to hold the world record back in 85 and 86. Oh, nice. For the 45 to 40 to 45. So his mum rocks. So she's an inspiration. That's great. Ed's up. Ed's off to UK, and then he's going to move down south UK. Better weather. Nice one. Nice. Uh, James, he's got number one goal to share the love and stop and kiss my wife. Hey, James. (laughs) Easy, Tiger. Easy. uh, Finish the race uh, physically and mentally prepared for Ironman Arizona and Ironman Wisconsin. Uh, to use all the great information from Ironman Talk and finish under 11 and a half hours at Arizona to complete Los Angeles Marathon. Now, that's a big race, isn't it? And he's done it for 22 years. It's legendary. And then when he turns 50, he wants to do 500 miles on the bike, 50 miles of running, and 5,000 metres of swimming, and do 500 press-ups in a week. Uh, nice one. Nice. Just enough you get that done. And lastly, Charlesy. Oh, Charlesy. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, he's going to, wants to be in the right shape to get the drink, green jersey and effort camp. <laughs> nice one. That's good. We'll be getting those printed for you. So we've got, we actually got a really good discussion of the week last uh, this week. It's from Francesco, is it? How do you say that? Francesco? Uh, Fr- Francois. Francois. Okay, so he's basically saying, what are we thinking about Nina yeah. Kraft coming back to the sport? Mm. And um, I, I, I'm more than happy to give people a second crack. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think uh, two strikes and you're, you're out of there. Uh, yeah. And she came, uh, I respect Nina Kraft um, because she, she was honest. She, she took it. So uh, regardless of whether it's Nina Kraft or anybody, I still think people should be given a second chance. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy for her to keep racing. Um, but if she gets busted, you know, get her out on air and, um, and that's it. So I give people a second crack. But whereas Tim Don, you know, we, we took the piss out of Tim Don one time yeah. because he had three cracks and he's balls up three times. Yeah. And, Although uh, he, didn't get, he didn't get busted he didn't for get drugs, busted. but he just he he missed his stuffed test. It. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, I, I think he, he deserved the, the tongue lashing we gave him. Yeah, definitely. But so, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of agree. So I think she's done a time and, she, and I do respect the fact that she was honest because how many people actually turn around and say they did the drugs? They just mm. deny, deny, deny. So um, I do think she deserves a second chance. But you know, I you know she was a drug treat, and so we just want to see what you guys think on that. If, if well, no, the, the, the question is going to be is something we brought up with Rhodesy. Um, so what I want oh, this is it down the bottom here, Bevan. Okay. Imagine you you know you're a pro athlete and you're a pretty reasonable pro athlete. Say you you maybe even like Brian Rhodesand, where yep. you've, you've won an Ironman race, but you know you've never been to Hawaii and done well, or won Hawaii yep. or been to the Olympics. So yep. pretend you're you're a, a really good pro athlete, and if someone came up to you and offered you a drug that guaranteed was not going to get detected, and yep. it's more than likely going to mean you'd go on and win Hawaii or win the Olympics or win yep. uh, basically level. either either world world champion or Olympic champion. And so this drug may have some side effects, um, but it's guaranteed. You go yeah, <laughs> guaranteed. You're not going to get detected, um, and you're going <laughs> to do funny very very well. Sorry. So <laughs> yeah, hopefully you heard, heard all that. Bevan's mumbling. Um, but we'll be, we'll be interested to hear. Brian, uh, if you listen further on, gives his views on that. Um, yeah, Brian, Brian was a great interview because he was just really honest about some of those things, mm. and, and I really appreciated that. Um, so, so, so yeah, so our question is, and he's kind of put three questions, and we'll do it as three questions. Should she be allowed to compete? What if she wins Kona? What do you think the attitude of the crowd will be? And that, we just wanted to see what you guys think. Would you guys be happy to see who win Kona or... Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's a great discussion. So, cool. thank you very much for that. So that's our news for the week. One, two, three, four, high five. We don't have the music. No, we haven't had any yet. Maybe we do some music as the intro into Coach's Corner.
Well, no coach's corner. Brian's and coach's corner. Okay, there we go. Okay, so we've got a high five for riding into a head wind. We'll go one for one? Yes. And the reason I came out with this is I was sitting in Wellington Airport today, which is the windiest place in New Zealand. It really is. And you, you're living here. You land like you're going into the sea, don't you? Yeah. This is, yeah. yeah. It's cool. feeling, a little, feeling a little ill. So that's that's where the inspiration came from today. Okay, so you can go for number one. So the first one is uh, keeping your cadence pretty normal. Uh, the tendency you have when you're riding into a big, uh, strong head wind is you really crunch out a big gear, and that just kills your legs so yep. so so click down a couple of gears and try to keep your cadence uh, pretty normal number two stay low on your aero bars uh, relax the upper body and don't grip the bars too hard so you really just want to make sure you're getting under the wind as much as you can and so you can right down to the aero bars and don't you know don't tense up through the upper body just keep that relaxed and really focus on your lower body technique as you're riding mm. with the gear and the equipment you're using just have a bit of a think about that you don't want to be wearing a big flappy jacket that's going to yeah, catch, catch the wind <laughs> um, if you've got an aero helmet you know you really got to focus on keeping that in, in the aero position so Do it's you, not you use an aero helmet no I don't no and uh, I don't think I will um, because you've got to keep that yeah. stationary position for 180 k's uh, so I don't like that Okay, it's also really important to drink, and probably drink a little bit more than what you drink because you're obviously getting dry through your mouth and stuff like that. So, um, just just make sure you get the habit of drinking. And I, I think you mentioned that before in, in Kona when it is very very windy, it's it's hard to stay focused on your nutrition yeah. and your your hydration because yep. you're just going bloody hell. I've just got to get through this wind, and you're getting buffeted from both sides. So that's a really important. One thing point. if you do have a, if you have a watch that has an alarm, like a 15 minute alarm on it, like I tend to use that when I race because mm. although I am really good at keeping my nutrition up to date in the race, this way it just really you know if you hear the beep, you know you're going to do it, and exactly. it's a really good habit just to get into that. And sometimes it makes the time go quicker too for some reason. Mm. And the last one is to stay positive. Uh, it is the same for everybody. You know, it sometimes really sucks going into a headwind, <laughs> but just keep that gear nice and low and keep your legs turning over, and it is the same for everybody. So generally, when you get to the end of it, you're going to either t- finish the bike ride if you're riding the second half into the headwind, or generally you're going to have a headwind on the way home. So, yeah. so think about things like that, except for when you were in Kona in 2000. It halfway, yeah. <laughs> broke my heart. <laughs> headwind out, headwind back. That sucks. <laughs> One thing with um, with the, the positivity thing, when you, even when you're out training, maybe not even in a race, is that you know the, re- the resistance of the wind is actually a really good thing for your training. Oh, and, fantastic. Yeah, it really is. And in Christchurch, we do get hammered by the wind a little bit, and... Uh, you know, it's kind of like hill riding in a way, and so mm. like if you know, like if you're getting down the dumps, and some days you do get those days where the wind is just beating you up. You know, just think to yourself, okay, get my cadence up, and this is actually making me stronger. And exactly, always look on the bright side of life. That's right. There's a song on there. Always look on the bright side of life. I got whistle. Beautiful. Okay, well we've got some real music coming right now. Website of the week. Beautiful. Did we have somebody complaining about us yelling website of the week too loud the other day? Super a bit amateur. Oh, mate. Not happy about that. Not happy about that. I was going to say, it's the whole idea of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we've got our interview of Brian Rose coming up in a few minutes, and uh, we thought just because he was our interview this week, we'd have him as our website of the week, and also because no one sent us through any websites of the week. Send us your, your favourite websites. Yeah, definitely. We're not getting low on this. Surely there's better websites out there. But anyway, we've got Brian's website. Now, Brian's website is actually, for a pro athlete, it's actually a really good website. It's, one thing I really like about his website is his gallery page. He gets into the habit of actually oh, putting nice. all his photos up. Yeah, That's and he's got like, the wind tunnel. Yeah, yeah. He's got pictures. He's obviously went to a wind tunnel in August last year, and he's got his photos of him on his bike. He's got a lot of his race photos, and, you know, it just, it's just really cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. I and go on there. Mm, like he's got photos right back to 
202. Yeah. So um, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. It's up to date. It's really professional, and uh, it's a really great website. So check it out. And for those of you who are maybe thinking of being a pro athlete, um, you know, his website is definitely one where you can learn about how to make the most of it. Like on his front page, he's got, you know, sponsors are really obvious. Um, they kind of stand out, um, and the rest of it's not so obvious. And, you know, if you like Brian Rhodes, you're going to go to his website and you're going to read the information, but you really want to support your sponsors, and having those as the more visual thing on the page is really important. So, yeah. uh, you know, he's definitely, he's got links, he's got I Man Talk. Let's have a look. Well, come on, Brian. Come on, Brian. <laughs> I know you listen to this, mate. Get, Get it, it on there. there. Get it on there. So uh, his is our website of the week, and it's uh, www.roadsy.com. And, uh, yeah, check it out. Nice. Check, 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 check it out. I think that's pretty much it, isn't it? Are we straight into what's up next? Uh, yeah, what's up, what's up, what's up, Coach's Corner? We need some music for that. Okay, we're going to put some music on. Here we go. We know you want it. We know you do. Coach's Corner. That's about all I need to say today because the intro is coming in uh, next. With I like the way you did that. Yeah. I like the way you said that's about all I have to say. That's, mate, you can <laughs> better every week, aren't we? <laughs> and we just go straight into this interview with Brian. Uh, like, like we said, a uh, fantastic athlete and he says some pretty interesting things there. So, yeah, check out his website um, that Bevan just mentioned on Website of the Week. Yeah. And uh, keep an eye out for him at the races. And like we said, if he uh, wins over in... Uh, Malaysia, Malaysia yeah. or anywhere Three this year, we'll, uh, we'll get him on there. And he has also posted a few times on our, yeah. our blogs. So yeah, we were quite excited about that like time, that. weren't we? Um, yeah, it was a great interview, and Brian is really honest and open, and uh, you guys enjoy. Here we go. So in the uh, prestigious Ironman talk studios today, we've got... Another famous person in the studios. Famous person, Grace the... The chairs and the beautiful vista. Um, but Brian Rhodes, who's a, he doesn't live in Christchurch too much anymore, but he's a good uh, Christchurch boy, so we'll still claim him. Um, but for those of you who don't know Brian, he's uh, been racing for, for a long, long time. He makes Sometimes I think I'm a bit of a veteran, and then I remember the good old days when I started, and Rhodesy was a veteran from day one when I was there. So he's uh, an Ironman winner. He's won Ironman Malaysia a couple of times, won Ironman UK, so he definitely knows what it takes. And... Um, we're going to talk about a few things today, you know, his career, obviously, and um, just to get his views on a few other topics, you know, training, which we know you guys love. So, welcome aboard, Rosie. We know you've listened once or twice, and uh, you know what, it was pretty casual here, but uh, you had a good day in Christchurch? <laughs> yeah, another great day in Christchurch there, John, and yeah. thanks for inviting me there, Bevan and John. Yeah, it's always great to come on a show. And I was just sort of saying that I've known you for, for a long, long time. Um, I started about 15 years ago, and you must have been at it um, probably about, I don't know, 18 or, 18 or so, 19 years maybe. But yeah, you, you first started your career as short course and um, did really well as a junior and, um, and then sort of on to the elite stage. And then you, then you sort of moved on to Ironman. What sort of, roughly when was that? Uh, 1996, actually, was my first Ironman. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It was just sort of a natural progression. Um, I moved through the ranks and uh, got to a point in short course triathlon where it had turned to drafting and uh, my strengths were swim and bike and uh, you know I just didn't have the, the foot speed to leg it with the, the runners, yep. the Kenyans, so changed to the Ironman. So when, when that changed, was it a real significant difference? Oh yeah, it was a massive difference. I didn't really respect the, the distance of the sport at all. I, um, Thought I could do it as a as a fun Sunday training day, really, and uh, <laughs> yeah. it bit me in the butt many yeah. a time, you know. And how did things sort of change? I mean, did, did you change your training? Uh, what you do now 
has it changed massively from from when you first started doing, say, your first or second Ironman? Uh, I really didn't have a lot of help uh, learning a bit about Ironman. I wish I'd probably gone uh, to someone like uh, a good coach that yeah. had done Ironman. Uh, I probably stumbled my way through, and that was probably the worst thing I could have done. Uh, and what were the mistakes you made? Uh, there's a lot of mistakes. Um, basically, I just thought more is better, and, uh, yeah. you know, it was... I'd done a lot when I was young, and I was uh, many a times old John Hellemans had told me that I was a champion trainer, so yeah. I just put all, all that all more, more effort into it and uh, just went further and harder. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, I started to figure it out, and uh, I guess I got into a, into Ironman at a stage where it was probably still quite a a young sport, really, even though it had been around a long time. Yeah. Uh, people were still making major mistakes, but. Uh, you know, I, uh, I I was always out in front in the swim, so I just learnt to to go go as hard. And the first couple of races, I I had some nightmares. I ended up my first time in New Zealand. I was third off the bike, and I was going, "This is a piece of cake," yeah. you know, up there with Fingler. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make some good cash here, you know. <laughs> and um, I ended up um, throwing up at Carly Tarleton's at about 12k in the run, and. <sighs> I never thought that just emptying your stomach out like that could ever have an effect of ha- how much you bonk. And um, I ended up uh, lying in the gutter for about oh, really? um, 10, 15 minutes under a tree. Wow. And the only reason I finished that race was my girlfriend came up at the time and said, uh, if you don't get up, the women are coming and they're going to catch you. <laughs> <laughs> and my total goal is just to stay in front of the woman. Motivation. <laughs> John has some motivation like that. Too, I didn't have that. It wasn't, yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll leave that for another day. <laughs> Um, so you, you started off with Ironman New Zealand a few times, and um, you also spent quite a bit of time in Europe and uh, in Canada. States, actually, Canada, Canada. Yeah, I was um, swim coach uh, oh, for Penticton yeah. Pikes uh, okay. Summer Club. So I was doing summer club here in New Zealand and uh, summer club over there. So I actually raced Ironman Canada. Was my first real international race for three years, and I sort of cracked it. I got fourth in my yeah. uh, second attempt at Canada. Mm-hmm. So, and that year I really I lived. Uh, that was the first year I sort of did a well I'd done altitude training in my junior years um, leading up to uh, 1992 world champs in yep. Canada where I got fifth and we won the gold team's yep. gold with me Paul Amy and Cameron Brown so I was living up at Apex it was about a 45 minute drive up this mountain yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah a, a lot of the guys had stayed up there and I was coaching obviously in town and uh that was um, pretty awesome. I was doing huge um, work on the bike, and I just started finding my legs. Um, but still, I was I was suffering in the marathon, so I was still only running around the three out ten sort of marks. Um, mm-hmm. I knew that was the area that was always going to be the one to work. So, um, do, over, over your time, has there been your favourite race or your favourite place and your favourite race? Um, kind of two questions in one for you. Yeah, um, I've I really love Canada because it's one of the um true one lap courses there's, yeah. there's no one lap courses yeah, in the yeah. left. and yeah. um, that's it's, it's the scenery's um, it changes a lot you know and um, it's one of my it is definitely one of my favourite places the, the community's very much like all the triathlon communities now they've moved them to areas that the the whole town embraces Gets involved, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what makes an Ironman I think it's not uh, so much the race it's that the whole community knows about the race and yeah. comes out Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that amazing? Oh, Solibur Hill was, uh, yeah, quite yeah. spine-tingling. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, quite quite the event. And, um, 
you know, I'd love to see more Iron Men just get that sort of atmosphere. Yeah. It's just intense. I've never been there, but it looks a, a special way. Uh, and what about... Oh, yeah. Um, that's what I was going to say about Wanaka, you know. It's a, the whole community got behind it down there, and that's why it was, it was such a fun event. Yeah. But, you know, when I look at your sort of career highlights there, I was sort of wondering what might have been, you know, performance-wise, um, what yeah. you thought we, you went the best. And, I, I mean, I, I look at Iron Man UK, and you just absolutely destroyed everybody there. Is that sort of... Rate right up there, or yeah, Malaysia no. victories more, mean more to you? The, the first Malaysia means a heck of a lot to me. Um, mm. I mean, your, your first Ironman win is incredible. So what's it like to, to crack it? Because, you know, like, uh, there's so many guys out there who are on the verge, and, you know, many guys do their whole career and don't get that win. What was it like to crack that first one? That was a special day. I mean, it was my birthday. Oh, cool. So, um, Woke up feeling good? Yeah, it was... <laughs> oh, I, I felt amazing, um... It was interesting, though. Phil Liggett was doing commentary, and, and he said, um, you know, you always have that extra power on, on your birthday. And it was always going to be a tense race. Um, I actually had problems with my rear wheel. I um, The skewer got banged, and the wheel was rubbing against oh, my... Man. And I lost a minute and a half early on on the bike. But people don't know that. Yeah. And um, I was I was really scared, because obviously Lothar Lido, like, he's no slouch. No. Yeah. And um, I knew he was going to be the one to beat, but... Um, that was the day that was just, it was incredibly hot and um, got to 43 degrees. Yeah, hottest ever, hottest yeah. ever Iron Man. So um, I just um, took it out really quite conservatively on the start of the run. And um, there was one other guy who, Reynard Tissing, who's a fabulous mm. athlete, yeah. he actually nearly caught up to me. And I was stressing, who's this guy? I didn't even know who he was. Yeah. And in the end, he absolutely detonated and had to sit in an aid station just with buckets of water all oh, over wow. him. So, um, so it was kind of like survival. It was yeah. survival that day, but I was really, really fit. And Lothar actually admitted after the race that he was actually more worried about me yeah. just because I looked so good. Yeah. I, I'd got yeah. into a good What's shape. it like, though? You're coming up that finish shoot and you know you've got it. What is it like? Uh, that was, yeah, it's hard to describe. Um, I mean, I was the the first Kiwi since Scott Balance to have won an Iron yeah. and... and um, it was it was an incredible feeling, uh, and and it was relief as well, and, and all in one because finally I'd, got, I'd yeah, done something, yeah. and um, I think the you know the first person I rang was my mum just to yeah. you know my parents have been a major 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 support, and um, I wouldn't be doing this sport without yeah. them, yeah. and um, you know I got on the phone straight away and. Uh, she I was just like I won it I won it I won it. and she she couldn't sort of believe it you wow. know it was it was elation it was it was and relief and all in one I'd finally sort of cracked it and I think that meant a lot because uh, you know sponsors sort of took note yeah definitely yep definitely mm. um Obviously, people would love to know what sort of training you're doing these days. So, I mean, what is, um, you know, when you're sort of mid-season, say, you know, maybe six, eight weeks out from a race, what are you sort of typically doing in terms of uh, volume? Okay, uh, at the moment, I'm in a pretty high-volume sort of state. Um, I'm loving being back down in Christchurch a bit. Going Everybody over... loves it down here. <laughs> That's right. We often say that. <laughs> Even though it's a little bit uh, windy at the moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah northerly with these nor- nor-east winds. <laughs> I thought it was all going to be nor-westers, but... Um, yeah, I'm going over some of the old stomping grounds that I did when I was a kid, and um, really, I, I noticed that I'm a lot stronger, I'm a lot faster over some of the times, and yeah. I love in Long Bays and Purau, and yeah. I yeah. climbed over to Port Levy the other day, yeah. and oh yeah. man, that, that just, that seemed, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was just a whole other le- level of pain, but yeah. Um, yeah. it's just great to see so many people out, but um, yeah, I'm doing a huge, quite a huge um, amount of miles, and I'm not really going to have a huge taper into Malaysia this year. Uh, 
just basically because my season, we're going to work it in quite blocks with Graham. I sat down with him and we're sort of going to have a um, quite a high mileage with um, some pretty serious big races and then we'll have a little break. And in the mid-season, um, I do quite a lot more sort of shorter, bit more intensity yeah. with not so much base work in there. Okay. And then we'll have quite a... Um, and so this is based around your races as well? So obviously you're doing Ironman now, so yeah. and then you've got some maybe 70.3s and... Yeah, it's, it is based around the races, and primarily um, I want to just try and get back to what I felt like before England, that I was just absolutely clicking and stuff, and, yeah. and it's starting to happen. Yeah. I'm really starting to find my legs and that and I think that gave me a good base and I fell off a little bit um, after England I, I got a little bit stupid I was, I was feeling so good I thought I'd just race, <laughs> my, race out of my skin and yeah. I um, cooked myself so um, that probably actually hampered me for um, Western Australia other than that I had a lot of people draft off me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I was yeah it's it's important that you have those rest times I think you can do an Ironman race and you, if you rest well and recover well, you'll get even stronger and better. Yeah. And um, that's what I'm telling Bevan. So when we go up to Taup, I'm just going to smoke him. Yeah, smoke him down. I've rested after one again. <laughs> <laughs> it is imperative. I mean, yeah. Well, so, I so I, I've done enough of them now that um, that's why after I did Lake Placid uh, this year and I got fifth, and then I felt freaking fantastic two weeks after, and I yeah. hadn't done much at all. I yeah. I took in a few shows, a few movies, yeah, and I was really out. really relaxed out. I went. Um, the person I stayed with took me for scenic flight. He, had, yeah. he was a pilot and stuff, and I just really chilled out. And all of a sudden, I started going riding, and I was absolutely smashing it. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Oh, I really want to go and defend my title." Yeah. And I rang the coach straight away and said, "Look, I'm feeling like I'm just jumping out of my skin. I could go and do a race like that." Ironman was a really cold, rainy day, yeah. and I just do not race really well in cold, cold yeah. days. It's funny, eh? I'm a big guy, I should <laughs> race really well yeah. in wet, cold, but I love the heat. Okay. Throw the hottest days at me, and I'll race the best I'll ever race. But yeah, um, yeah so I just jumped, sort of booked straight into a ticket and so, so for, back over. So for you, what's, let's, what's a week? What are you doing a week at the, uh, at the moment, you know, when you're big times? Oh, I don't know. That's quite secret. <laughs> it? Okay, no, um, okay. On, five, um, five swims? Yeah, okay. five swims. Uh, you know, I do uh, two pretty intensity sort of rides where it's, um, you know, like if it would be close to sort of time trialling or I'd do intervals. Yeah. And uh, the biggest rides, I do a long ride. I, I did uh, six hours on uh, Sunday, which yeah. 200k. And yeah. um, I don't, like... I make sure that I, I do a lot of spinning in that early on, and um, then I do a, a real big block. Um, it's all flat pretty much, which I love here because you do get flat. Yeah. And it was all big gear, yeah. so yeah. a lot of like 50, 60k of absolutely and toasting it, you know, really yeah. giving a stick. And um, then long run, uh, that's pretty specific. I'll do. Um, How long do you normally, what's your long run normally? Okay, I build it up. It's um, the longest one. Coming up to an Ironman's about three hours, yeah. probably mm. just a touch under three hours. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll do sections of, um, you know, it'd be a twenty-minute warm-up, and then there will be parts where it's full-on, a bit above race pa- Ironman race pace, yeah. so yeah. sort of, you know, un- sub four-minute K pace. Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, I'll just basically. You really want to feel through your long run like you're not actually getting jaded all the time. Yeah. Like I run exactly with my race race kit. I'll take mm. quite a lot of gels out there. Okay. I don't think a lot of people take enough nutrition on a long run yeah. and um, find out they, they, they when they're actually yeah. trying to do 
it's very important in the two-hour mark to actually be going quite good. Yeah, and, not um, just tiring. Yeah, not just tiring. And then I ch- tend to try and do a track session, but um, I've been just doing steady sort of uh, runs. I haven't done any track work um, at the moment. I think uh, I've talked to my coach, and we've just done sort of race pace um, efforts instead yeah. of um, actually going to the track. I usually do a lot of sort of sets where I'll, I'll watch what I'm doing, Ks and miles, um, earlier well in race sort of season so he didn't think it was too imperative as long as we got that sort of race pace feeling into my legs nice use um heart rate monitor or power meter or anything like that um i have used a power meter in the past i haven't really at the moment no i haven't been given one (laughs) sponsors out there come on um b i you know as long as my heart's ticking i'm alive so you know i i like to um i race to how i feel and i don't listen to a monitor don't listen you know i like to feel how i'm going and i know when i'm on yeah it's amazing um when you've done iron men they you know people say you'll have those perfect days yeah and and that's the hardest thing is re duplicating the training to that perfect day yeah even though you try and do exactly the same thing in a build-up It'll never be the same no, right, no. right result on the on the actual day. Mm. And mm. when you are racing, are you do you generally do your thing, or are you racing against other people? Um, are you yeah, that's a really interesting thing because, like, for John and I, we're kind of at like the nine nine hour level. So it's like for us, we're just got to do our thing, and then that may put us in a good position. But now you're at the next level where it's about can I win this race? Mm. So, so do you do your own thing, or uh, generally I go on with a couple of game plans. The Rosie game plan, <laughs> and this is the one everyone loves. <laughs> the win at first out of the swim, first oh, really? off the bike, and first off the run. I've done that three times now, wow. and I think I'm the only guy in history to have done it three times. Wow. But um, that's the Rosie game plan, and it's worked three <laughs> times. But um, no, you've got to have a B, B, and a C game plan really. Yep. Um, generally, when it's world champs, there's a, a little bit more pressure, and I've never probably gone to Hawaii with a with the best preparation under my belt. I've always had something go wrong, like this year I got, well last year I yeah. got hit by a truck, yeah. and that was three three weeks really, I was short on training, and um, just had some incidents last year, which I'd rather yeah. write off, you know, yeah. and, um, but I know that if I can get into the form like I was in, in England, no one would have touched me, not that yeah. day, that was yeah. just a day that, yeah. you know, you know, um, I just woke up and I just knew the boys weren't even getting close. Wow. It was it was easy in the swim. I was annoyed because um, me and Sheldrake had had lifted the pace and broken away, but he wasn't willing to to work with me. <laughs> oh, okay. So I just said, "Stuff it! I'm not going to let you try and take the glory." So I actually out sprinted him in the end. You know? <laughs> um, we'd worked it, and he came around me with about 800 meters to go, and I thought, "No, you're not going to get first out of the wood. I'm going to take it." <laughs> and I just thought, "Right, if you're going to be able to ride with me, then you know." And I looked back at about eight mile, and I didn't even see anyone. I thought, "Well, see you later, boys." And I just I t- yeah, I TT'd it like I was riding the Tour de France, oh. you know, I just was inspired Smack that down. day. And, and if you're in other situations, say New Zealand mm. um, in two, two years 05 ago. When, yeah. when you got third, um, and you know, there was obviously a fair bit of pack riding going on there, there was a couple of distinct bunches, what... Are you sort of just going, well, I'm just going to sit in here and, and wait for the run, um, knowing yeah. that, you know, that when you look at the bunch, you know, Cameron is going to be, always be very hard to beat on the run, but you've got other guys there that you, you, you're pretty sure you'll outrun. Yeah, that was a weird day. Um, I actually got pretty pretty um, tore up. I was um, 
in my on my own for a lot a lot of the ride, and then I got caught by a big pack, and I got pretty angry and said, "I just relaxing near the end, of the last forty k." I thought, right, I'm going to rip it. Yeah, I should remember Gordo saying, I ripped the legs off. And I thought he was an animal. And yeah, <laughs> I, I tried to rip their legs off, and I probably did myself a little bit more harm than good. But um, I was confident in my running at that stage, and uh, the funny thing was, is I think I fell back to about 11th place at one stage. I, mm. I just felt absolutely like the bottom pit. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, I got to um, the turnaround, and I just got angry with myself, and um, I started running really good. And I just picked up person after person after person. Uh-huh. I got up to fifth by halfway, and all of a sudden I started even feeling better. And I I ran um, that second out and back faster than Cameron Brown. So mm. I mean that was that w- will go down as if I could only run that first part. Yeah, yeah. Then I'd be right there. But um, yeah, it was an interesting day, but uh, that was a real race that um, clicked in my own head. I ran a 2.54, nice. and from then on, I've run five under three hours. So oh, cool. So it was a breakthrough, right? It was a breakthrough yeah. for that that, yeah. that part that I'd worked so hard on. Mm. And um, at that time, I'd actually just changed to Graham Parks as a coach the start of that year, so okay. there was nice. a little bit of change. Nice. nice. Big question. The big question. Are we doing that one? Yeah, you can do that one. We, we often talk about drugs in the sport, and uh, you're, you're a man who's been around the game long enough to kind of know if it's there and if not. So we just want to kind of get your view on you know, how much usage is there out there. Um, I'd like to say there's none, no usage, yeah. but there's definitely usage out there. I mean, we've had too many positive tests, mm. and funny enough, it's been in the woman, which I really don't think there should be any positive tests in the women's, because it's, yeah. it's weak. It's yeah. weak. I mean, really... The fields aren't that strong. They are not strong, no. and it's crybaby sort of stuff. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Put it out there like that. <laughs> really, I think um, we. I, I believe there's a lot of usage in the Europeans. I've heard a lot of talk about the um, uh, Operation Porto being a lot of tri-fleets. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to name names, but you know, I I definitely look at the Euros, and there's always a lot of talk. Um, you know, there's. Um, do you get tested? Have you been? Do you get tested very regularly? Yeah, or? 2005. I got seven tests, oh, two right, out of yeah. competition tests. Um, last year, three tests. Yeah. So that that's quite a lot because my results last year weren't. You know. Okay. okay. Is it tempting? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, if someone came up to me and said, "You're going to be Lance Armstrong, take this." Yeah. You know. And you're you, not going to get caught. Yeah, you're not going to get caught. You, you're going to be tempted. Yeah. It's, it's hard not to. I mean, you know. This, the the thing I see is is when you're going w- well and you're winning and everyone loves you, yep. your sponsors love you, you're getting paid well, life's easier. Yeah. When you when you're not doing well and you're yep. finding it hard, man, I can see how easy and tempting it would be to turn to yeah, to, 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 to supplements support. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but there is probably more usage than we really know out there. But yeah. I do believe that the program that the drug committees are doing is the out of competition testing and yeah. stuff is really good. I'm a real big advocate of like um, altitude training and all these. Yeah, you know, all the that you can well, use. New yeah. Zealand's leading hands down and that sort of side of things. And I used a tent. I've used that, and it's it's worked well for me in the past. And I'm a big advocate of, you know, I was I was really annoyed when um, Wada was trying to ban. Yeah, yes, that, that was just, yeah. you know, yeah. I How thought, yeah, I just I couldn't believe that. That's just wrong. And you, you touched on sponsors there, and you, we've got your website open in front of us, and and I know you've been really successful over the years, and and 
you know, going, going out there and selling yourself and, and getting the sponsors. And, uh, and the one thing is you've got the sponsors. And, and when I look at that list, I think they've yeah, been, been with people that you've, they've been with you for a long time. I know you've had basically Ciccone, you know, practically since day one. I mean, um, how, how have you sort of gone about getting sponsors? And um, it's not always just about going out there and winning races, is it? No, no, definitely not. Um, I think it's more my personality that's uh, kept me a sponsor. Ciccone uh, have been with me since... Uh, 91. Wow, yeah. so it's a good um, sponsor, isn't it? Yeah, I went through a bit of time here in New Zealand when they sort of took Sakoni away from the New Zealand distributors and I had no one to go to, yeah. so I was basically running in whatever I could grab. Yeah, yeah. But um, in Cervelo, since um, since they basically made bikes in wow. um, 1997, Gerard's a very good friend of mine. Yeah. Um, I gave him a hard time because his first bikes were brought out only 26 inch wheels, and oh, I yeah. says, You'll never sell them, Gerard. You know, gave <laughs> heaps. Um, had a few beers with him, and then the next year he sent me some bikes. Oh, so, yeah. and we've kept on a long relationship with them. And I think that's more. It's the personality. I've had a close relationship with the sponsors. I haven't had um, my agent yep. n- nailing people, and and you know I've just had an open personal contact with the directors, and and they like the way that I am with people. I'm yep. very approachable. Anyone can come and say yep. good day. You yep. know. I'll buy someone a beer, yeah. and you know, I, you know, I'll expect the same back. You know, yeah. um, I was very lucky. Like I'm um, working now with Extreme Wheels, they've done some really cool new wheels, and they're trying they're, they're trying stuff, which is it's great to work with a company that's sort of innovative, innovative, mm-hmm. yeah, and doing mm-hmm. stuff. And um, it's it's amazing that like my list is as sponsors that you don't find a lot of in New Zealand. Cliff Bar, they, yeah. they, they've got nothing. We're trying to get them here in New Zealand, but there's very little cliff bar around but yeah. best tasting bar on the planet yeah. Yeah. and um, it'd be great to see them worldwide but they, they recognise that I'm out there and yeah, I ra- you know I, they do expect a little bit more of me to race more in America yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's understandable um, and you know just everyone that I've dealt with they're just great people and I've loved that they've, they've been as loyal to me as I've tried to be to them I just yeah. I love the products that I get I'm um, you know, and it makes it good for you too. It makes yeah, your job easier, doesn't it? Yeah, I think if you're confident in something that you use, then you're going to go. Yeah, the best. And you tell people we know. Yeah, he's a good business here, can't you? So, come on, name the rest. Who we got? Blue we got seventy. Blue seventy. Profile. Love those bars. Fuel belt. Vinu. Vinu. Uh, yeah. And you got some Oakley glasses. Do you get the shades? Do you? I get everything. Yeah, the uh, thump impress. Oh, mate, awesome, yeah. I got $20 New World ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what sort of, um, I haven't had a good scan through your website, I see it's updated there, yeah. but what's sort of the, the general plan for this year and your, the main races you're looking at? Yeah, I've, uh, well obviously I've uh, gone to Ironman Malaysia again, I really yeah. really want my title back so I've trained hard, um, I really wanted to race Taupo but mm. I have this love-hate relationship with uh, the event manager <laughs> Jane Patterson and um, you know, I just asked for the same sort of treatment that I had received in the past, and she wasn't willing. I think she'd spent all the budget on Cameron Brown, and yeah. it's just I can't afford. I don't have a big financial sponsor to to back my own campaign yeah. when I get a decent appearance fee, flights, and all this stuff laid on in Malaysia. Mm. Um, I'm a little bit bitter about um, Taupo owning the race. Me being Taupo's only sort of Ironman or pro athlete yeah. in the mm. Ironman, and actually probably actually only pro athlete that lives there. Yeah. Mm. And then um, not having ownership of the actual event management, I think they did a 
marvellous marvellous job of the A1GP, yeah. mm. and I know David Steele very personally, and I know they could do the same sort of job. I think uh, the race director and uh, most of all the other marshals and directors are all there in Taupo, and yeah. they should mm. have a wee bit more say. Um, going with Don. I was I was just disappointed as well because. Cameron really let, let rip last year after the race went the way it did, and uh, you know it was, a, it was an opportunity for Jane to um, sort of maybe look for some new blood, and mm, yeah. um, you know maybe work and promote. Bevan could be the poster boy next year. That's right. That's right. He's a good-looking guy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, enough of that. <laughs> um, so, but, and what else? Uh, so Malaysia. Yeah, Malaysia, Malaysia, and then. And then um, I uh, head uh, to Half Ironman California oh, cool. on the thirty-first yep. of. Um, uh, March, yeah, that, that. that's mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. primarily just to get the um, body and legs ready for um, Ironman Arizona, so I'm oh. backing up pretty close, sort of like mm. what John did with yep. Monica in New Zealand, and um, that's a pretty key race because it's uh, a very big race for Sakoni and Cliff and those, yep. those sponsors over there, so that's one for them, and I mm. sort of said I'd do one, and I sort of have to do one, and North America, yeah. and mm. they have a lot of races, and they actually yeah. expect you to do one. Mm. So that's their one, and then I'm pretty much sort of got a break, and I'll be doing schmoozing around at likes of Wildflower and stuff. So yeah. get back to the roots and go back to the hippie town, and yeah. that'll be great to go there. And yeah. what do you think of this new 101 series? Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I think this year uh, Ironman athletes and long course athletes have got a lot of opportunity to make some really good cash, and and. Uh, that's a real big bonus because a lot mm. of young guys that might be trying to crack in or break into that that um, money, um, they might be able to support themselves with just races yeah. instead of actually having to try and find the, the financial live. yeah, yeah. the living yeah. you know financial sponsorship stuff. So mm. it's it's good. It's giving I think the um, side of triathlon. It shows we're actually starting to get noticed. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely, which is good for everyone in the sport, isn't it? Things are happening. Things are happening. It's a good thing. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, that's Brian, about my list. Yeah, it's about the list, mate. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate your time. And Iron Man Talk Studios. It's uh, had some famous people in here, and you yeah. tick that box. It's a great thing mm. to have. Um, good luck for your training and your racing in Malaysia. We'll be looking out. And, yeah, um, and I'll be in Taupo, so I'll be mm. doing um, lots of fun promo stuff. Nice. And uh, you know, giving us splits, saying, "Even yeah. your miles behind John." <laughs> Look at those names. He's fading. <laughs> yeah, he's looking like a bag of shit. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. But yeah. yeah, anyone, just come up and say hello. And, Will you uh, be at the Blue 70 or anything? Yeah, stuff? I'll be at all the um, booths. I'll be at uh, Cervalo booth, um, the CompuTrainer booth. Uh, yeah, at Blue 70, I'll be yep. standing out there selling a few suits. Yeah, yeah, so I'll be around. So, yeah, come by and, uh, you know. Say hello. Yeah. Very good. So good luck in Malaysia, mate, and we'll uh, catch up for you soon. Maybe if you if you have your big win, mate, we'll get back on the show. Yeah, that'd exactly. be fantastic. There's, there's an incentive. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, mate. Thanks, man. Questions and answers. We're a little bit confused there, but that's okay. So uh, we were talking about the guys who are trying to achieve 31 Ironman, 30 Ironman in 31 weeks. And we got an email from... Who do we get it from? Stephen. Stephen. Stephen Newman. Kind of like your brother, but not. Uh, Stephen Newman, and he basically sent us through the length of the world record from the Guinness Book of Records. And it turns out that they mustn't have done it because the record is 14 Ironman in a year. Yeah, so they... And basically one of them was the Dicker Man. Yeah. So these guys, and I don't, I don't actually know who it was, I'd probably click on it, but these guys um, 
the dick man and then it did four other races in the year. So the guys who we're talking about mustn't have got the 30 done, mm. which is a bit disappointing. They but should actually take it off their site, but yeah, because <laughs> it's shameless promotion. But um, so thank you very much for that. We'll put a link to that link on our website, ironmantalk.com. Good. And thank you very much for doing the research here. Yes, we like that. Oh, here we go. He's actually done even more. No, it's... Here we go. This Most Ironman completed in one year was Jacques Fox. Yep, he did, he did 14. 14. From Malaysia to Hawaii. Yeah, and he did... Uh, 2005. Yeah, finished in November. And... Yeah, it's it. Well done. Nice. Fantastic. Thanks oh, he's got a question for us. At what stage, oh, yes. and this is a good one, okay, great question. At what stage should an age group start looking for a sponsor? As, you know, what what time or what, you know? We talked to Brian about this, and, and it, it's, you know, if you're a top athlete and you're winning races, then you're going to, to appeal yep. to, to sponsors. I remember Melina saying to me one time years ago, he was saying, you know, when you're winning, they love you. When you're not, exactly. <laughs> you never hear from them. So you've really got to, you can go for it at any stage. I think you need to get in there and start locally. I'm actually going to do a, a segment at one day on uh, sponsorship and Coach's Corner. Nice. Um, but yeah, just think locally. Don't bother going to, you know, the big shoe companies and that. If, you, if you're just a... a a good age grouper, but yep. not a top age grouper. You need to find somebody locally and get in there and know them and think outside the square a little bit. What can you do for them? If you're not going to be crossing the line in first place, you've got to have something else that's going to appeal to them. You know, maybe do some coaching or, or somehow give them some, some good seminars exposure. at their place. And like for me, I work in the gym industry, and, and within Christchurch, I have a good name within the industry. And uh, Scotty Browns, who's the cycle shop, and they look after me, and they look after you too. Yeah, Scotty Browns. Yeah. You go there if you're in Christchurch. So Scotty Browns, the cycle shop, and I know that I bring a lot of clientele to their shop because I talk about them at the gym, and I know it's big time. And you, as a coach, probably do the same thing. Exactly. And so um, for me, they look after me, and it's really great because a lot of the cost of my sport is in your bike, really. And if you've got a shop that can look after you, that's one way I can add value to them um, by bringing clients in. And so that's where you need to really start thinking outside the square. So, so rather than thinking when I get to a 9.30 Ironman or when I get to a 9.15 Ironman or whatever, um, just think what you can do for a sponsor because at the end of the day, um, you may find somebody that really likes you and they're just going to help you out. Or most people are going to yep. look at you and go, if I give you $1,000 worth of product a year, I want to be getting X thousand dollars worth of sales from that. So you've yep. got to think, how am I going to be able to deliver that? So, so yeah, that's your um, that's your answer. But we'll go into more detail because I've got other things there, and I'm sure you have. So yeah. we'll, we'll actually do that. Maybe we'll do that next week. Oh no, next week we're going to have an interview, haven't we? we have. Oh, we're interviewed up. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go, Ed Hawkins. He sent us through one, and what's this? Yeah, this is a little story. You can read the, sto- oh, oh, read you the read story. Oh, you read the story. So Ed, Ed uh, <laughs> nearly got knocked, up, <laughs> got knocked off his bike. And this is for all the cyclists who get pushed around by lorries, taxis, etc. Once upon a time. On the British highways. <laughs> so he was out on his bike doing his easy 30, 30 miler around the, the Tyne Valley in the UK. It was a beautiful day too. He was really enjoying the ride. However, as he was heading from one village to another, a car overtook him. Uh, no, overtook an oncoming tractor, tractor and flew around my side wheel. Yeah. Yep. He swerved his bike closer to the curb so as not to hit the car head on. As he went past, I gave him the middle finger. Now, I know I shouldn't have done that as it was really childish, but if I'd not been as aware, I would have, he would have killed me. Yep. Anyway, Got a couple him. of minutes later, the very same motorist appeared on my side, swearing and hurling abuse at me because of my middle finger. Anyway, he then pulled the, pulled the car in front of me, 
stopping from stopping me from cycling. I tried to go around him, then he moved into the middle of the road, stopping me from making any progress. Oh, it's getting pretty scary. Getting serious. Dun, dun, dun. Um, anyway, this and his abuse continued for about a quarter of a mile. So then got off my bike and asked the guy not to stop, uh, to stop what he was doing. So he did. However, he also got out of the car and started making an advance toward me. <laughs> Shit! What was I going to do? <laughs> As he made his way around the car, I pulled out my mobile phone and. S- and stated if he preferred to get, if he he would prefer to get, get back in his car. car, or he could always discuss his dangerous driving with my colleagues at a local police station. Ah, oh, nice. He's actually a PE teacher, not a policeman. Um, and the guy jumped back in his car pretty quickly and buggered off. Nice. So, there's your little tip for the day. If anybody's giving you grief, pretend you're a policeman, That's and they'll bugger off. That's right. And uh, you should be reading audiobooks, mate. They're sensational. <laughs> <laughs> skip that because that didn't actually work okay fair enough um okay this is a question better suited for the next time you interview hellemans but maybe you have an answer i just read through hellemans paper on intermittent hypoxic training which is very interesting in the paper he mentions handheld devices during u.s studies or studies i looked at one of the devices and saw it was around a thousand bucks u.s are there any devices other devices which are as effective but not so expensive uh not that I'm aware of. You know, the, the, the device that he would be Lee. talking, yeah, he, the device he's talking about is there's a couple out there on the market. One is called LT Power, A L T I, then Power, I think dot com. Uh, and so it, these are these are devices for to do altitude uh, training with. Yeah, the the ideal, you know, if you're looking at altitude, the ideal, and Brian talks about this as well, is you, you go up to altitude yep. and you train there. Not everybody has that luxury. The next best one is to go to places. We have some in New Zealand. Body O2. Um, Body O2, and there's, there's a number of other ones. Uh, they, they've spotted me, so I'm doing it. Oh, <laughs> and, and that's where you actually go into a facility and they have a mechanical machine there and you're breathing in, breathing in through that. Yep. There is another device that's a handheld one. It's not mechanical and it uses a little cartridge and it basically gives you the same effect. And you say, ah, probably around about $1,000 uh, and then you also have to buy the refill cartridges so it's it's not you know it's not not a super cheap way, but a lot of people do have some positive results from it. Uh, I've got a number of people I coach that, that do use it, uh, and it helps in a number of areas. You know, a lot of people just sleep better. Yeah, it does for for some people brings the hematocrit. Uh, up. I used it when I was injured, and I found it was great. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's not a miracle miracle no. solution, but it can give you that extra. You we know, should get John on here again because he's kind of the man who's he is yeah. the man the man. With the hand. So, so yeah, ltpower.com is a website you can check out there, and there is quite a bit of literature on there as well, sort of outlining the benefits. And sorry, I don't know of any cheaper way of doing it. No. If they become more popular, I imagine they will become more cheaper, but maybe they won't. Who knows? So... You want to fake those ones? Where, how, how long have we been going? Oh, we've got plenty of time. We've got plenty of time. Go, come on, mate. Okay. It's our job. <laughs> trying to, not trying to finish your questions, mate. Get committed, <laughs> mate. Just because you've been away all weekend. Oh, oh, I'm committed. I'm getting tired. I don't care. Let's do past, your job. Hurry up. Past my bedtime. Oh, we've got another one from, John. from here from Ricky. He's doubling up the love. Doubling up. Uh, he loves the show. Well, we all do. See, it's worth doing this email then, isn't it? You know? <laughs> and he's, he's in training for, for Canada. Nice. And so it's about nine months away. Uh, it must be around about that, is it? Yep. He was wondering, should the next few months be focused on bike fitness on the flat, or should it be hill training? It kind of depends where, where you're living. I guess if, if you're a Canadian, I'm not quite sure where you're from. Uh, it's probably not the greatest time of the year to be biking. But So what I'd be suggesting at this stage of the year, if you're preparing for Canada, is really be focusing on your weakest discipline um, out of your biking and your running. So if you can get out biking, by all means, go for it. Uh, and given it's probably nine months away, I mean, I'd probably be trying to f- do a bit of a mixture, uh, you know, probably do some, some long endurance work, 
and maybe even try doing some bike racing stuff just to mix it up, although there might not be any bike races at this stage of the year. Okay, so hill riding is good for your strength? Good for your strength, yep. yes. And flat riding is good for speed? Yeah, and, and just general endurance as well. Yep. Um, when you talk about you want to build a big base, but should that be done at low intensity, less than 150 beats, it's really hard for me to predict people's heart rates. Yeah, because you know, they that zones. So, so go and get a lactate test. Nice. <laughs> would, would be good for you. <laughs> Charles has been telling me for about six months to do that. Um, or you can do a little maximum heart rate test and work out uh, your zones based on that. <coughs> so, But you, you want to be doing a lot of your work in those those easier zones and maybe mixing it up a bit with uh, with some racing just for, for Okay, a bit so of how close to a race would you pull away from doing hills? Uh, I keep going hills all the way through, especially for Canada because it's uh, you've got some, some decent climbing in it. Uh, Brian talked about that. It's a one-lapper. Yep. And I, I've never done the course, but I know you've come over that Big Hill, forgotten the name of it now. It's called Big Hill. It's called Big Hill. <laughs> uh, so you do need to be doing hills all the way around. You know, you need to be doing a, a good mixture. Okay, nice. Um, Bainsey asks, when putting a training program together, is it best to schedule one total day off a week, or can you have a season, like a day where you do an alternative kind of session, maybe some cross-training and weights or yoga? Or For um, athletes that are full-time athletes and they've got plenty of time to, to take off, I generally yep. get them doing something on, on their day off, you know, maybe an easy swim or something, something really basic. For most working athletes, I tend to say, make sure you do have that day off training completely. Yep. And it's obviously during the week. Yeah. And, well... I do really strongly recommend that it's it's you know maybe every third or fourth week something like that in your easier week that you have one of your weekend days off so you have a day where you can actually chill out because if you have your uh, a day off during the week you're still going to get up and go and do your your eight or nine hours at work and it's not really a really relaxing day yeah so I really encourage people every now and then to have one of their weekend days off it's going to mean it's going to compromise your volume for that week. But I, but I still think it's a really important thing to do. It's an easy week as well. I have mm. to say, John's given me a day off next Friday, haven't you? I have. I'm there very excited about that. I'm <laughs> so excited. I'm counting the days down every day. Um, okay, then, so that's our questions and answers for this week, so let's move on. We're probably going to go to our sponsor, coffeesofhawaii.com. Yes, they, as we always mention, they look after us very nicely. Yep, great. Just go to the website. Go to the website. Oh, yeah, okay, you keep talking. I'll keep talking. Yep. Coffee's of Hawaii, it's marvellous stuff. Marvellous stuff. Um, as we say, uh, for American, North Americans, you can go on there and just go through their online shop. Yep. Um, for anybody who's not in North America, you can go on there and uh, email them, say you're an Ironman Talk listener, and they will sort you out. And we talked last week again about that little pack that they have, which is fantastic. Ooh, but they've got merchandise as well now. got merchandise. You got T-shirts, tank tops, caps, aprons. aprons. Nice, because you do that when you make coffee, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> when you all that kind of stuff. And uh, and they've got their special on this month. Yep, which is the Hawaiian Island style, and it's only four ninety five. So get in there. For and seven ounces of pure island pleasure. Bulk. So go to Ironman. I mean, not Ironman talk. Well, you can go there too if you want. You can. Go to coffeesofhawaii.com and they'll give you all your coffee needs. Beautiful. Okay, so also uh, anything else we need to do? Okay. Questions, if you have any email questions, email us at ironmantalk at gmail.com. Um, click on an ad because that gives us some revenue and we like that. Also, if you can go through the store on ironmantalk.com, um, click on store, they'll take you through to Amazon. If you're going to buy anything, even if it's not the stuff that we've got up on the page, we get a little bit of commission on that. That's really great. Um, John's coaching website? Triathloncoach.net. And I have actually had a few people, sorry, I haven't replied to them yet. I've, uh, I was away no, for a week. Offered their services. <laughs> offered, offered their services. And I will get back to you. I've got a number of people who have offered their services, which really? has been great. I need a website too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I will get back to you guys if you're listening. Sorry, I haven't done so yet. Nice. 
One other thing, uh, we will be, Bevan and I are both going to be at Ironman New Zealand. It's and pretty we're, exciting, actually. We're, yeah. we're jacking up somewhere to catch up with people who want to come meet us. Yeah. Um, I'll hopefully have some epic camp posters. There'll be signed posters by Scott Molina, and uh, if you want Bevan and I to sign them, we'll sign them <laughs> as well. Go on. Please ask, because one time this kid asked me for my signature when I was doing this aerobics thing, and I felt so special. <laughs> so please ask. And so we're going to just we're just sorting that out at the moment, but we will be on one of the booths there, and uh, you can come up and see us and say good And we may even have a special gift for you. We may do. So we may do. Um, Don't get too excited yet. Don't get excited, but we should be able to announce that next week. Yep. So if you guys... Who have we got on the show next week? Uh, can you we, confirm? No, I cannot confirm okay. at this stage. Oh, you guys wait till next week. Um, so, what have you been up to? I've been away at a wedding for What are you days. coming up to now? I've got um, a ride tomorrow. I'm going to do the Gorgeous tomorrow. Oh, we did it today. Did you? Smacked mm, it. 170k of pure enjoyment. Yeah, we got wicked wind today too. Yeah. Oh, we got hammered. Okay, that's okay. What about I'm, you? Well, I've been a good boy, actually, because you know how we talk about balance on our show, and we say, mm. you know, and yesterday I had to talk to my girlfriend, and said, look, babe, I've got a big couple of weeks coming up, I'm going to be pretty tired, I'm going to be pretty hopeless, and she's been awesome. Good. So she cooked me a beautiful dinner tonight. Oh, mate, I'm in love. Yeah, you, know? <laughs> you know? Life's beautiful. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Pretty much, I, I've pretty much written off the next two weeks of my life. We've got two weeks uh, left of until our tape begins, and... Uh, you know, for me, I'm really, to be honest, I've never prepared this good for a race. So hopefully it means I can put out a good result on a day because I'm just, every day I'm motivated to get up. And last year, last time I did a race, I was doing the stuff, but maybe not in high intensity. Whereas this time I'm noticing I'm waking up in the morning and I'm training at a really good intensity. You know, when I'm meant to be in my stereo hard zones, I'm really hitting them hard and really achieving what I'm trying to, the objective of the workout. And I'm just feeling really good. So hopefully I can maintain it for the next couple of weeks and then bring on the race. You know, mm. it's uh I am a little bit tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you feeling that way? Or no, you... I'm okay. I've just had three or four days doing bugger all, so, <laughs> so I'm nicely recovered and I'm ready to hit it this week. We've got a few key sessions coming up this week. Have we got Ironman simulation this weekend? Half Ironman simulation. It's yep. going to rain again. Yep. Always rains whenever I organise yep, one. That's right. So good, good, <laughs> good mental mental conditioning. It's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, guys, that's uh, pretty much our show for this week. So uh, if you've got any questions, email them through. I was going to start that whole rant again, wasn't I? But there's not. No. What's the saying? Iron Russ. Iron Men don't. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.